Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Curlis Phillip, bringing you a new series on Caribbean authors. In this series, I will introduce you to Caribbean authors from across the diaspora who are bringing our stories and culture to the forefront. They will help share tips for those of you that are interested in learning what it takes to become an author, and you may even find a title or two that pique your interest. Today, I'm speaking with Joanne Alkins. She's a prize-winning author and creative director from Trinidad and Tobago. She has published three children's books, including The Most Magnificent Stories, which launched in May. Joanne channels the spirit of her Caribbean childhood in her books and has thrown herself wholeheartedly in showcasing the little things that make these islands special. Welcome. Hi, Carolette. Good night. Thanks for joining us. So let's dive right in. Tell us what your childhood was like growing up in Trinidad and Tobago. I am the first of three children. I have two brothers, younger than me. Um, I, my parents are grounded. My mother was a teacher, my father an accountant when I was younger. And then they both left their jobs to start their own business, which they still have today. It's over 13 years old and they work together every day. Um, we grew up in East Trinidad before moving back to the West where the rest of my family is. And we spent a lot of time outdoors. I like to run and play, not necessarily Dolly's type of girl. I was climbing trees with my brothers, picking fruit. Um, you know, building forts and tents and generally a lot of time outside. So I think that helped um, my appreciation for the environment because my father was really into local fruits, trying to plant everything in our yard and we ate everything as a result. When did you first realize you wanted to be a writer? So my path has been all over the place. I think I realized I wanted to be a writer maybe earlier this year. Uh, after having been a writer for, you know, over a decade, uh, I was always into the arts. So from very young, I was drawing everything, um, always drawing. I, I hear people tell me stories of me always drawing at piano lessons and any card, any crafty thing. I was, I was doing that from very, very young. From young, I had seen advertising and I was also into computers. My parents' business is a computer business. So merging the art and the computer is where I saw with the graphic design and advertising. However, I, um, after school, I never really wanted to go into advertising. The world just seemed too fast-paced and I don't know, it just didn't appeal to me. And somebody got me into publishing. So my friend Natasha got me my first job at a publishing company. And I was in design there. Then I managed the design department. And that's how I learned the ins and outs of publishing and putting together books. Um, I studied media and communication. So writing and communications was always part of what I did. But I never really thought of it as writing my own things. Um, writing copy for other people, writing for brands, where I kind of naturally went. And then... I found myself like writing the children's books. I wrote the first one, I co-wrote the second. And then only this year I realized, hey, I'm actually a writer. So I it took me it took me a while to call myself an author and I can really say I felt confident to do it this year and to say that I am setting out to write stories. Before I thought I was visualizing it, 
and then captioning it almost. Um, but I realized I'm actually writing. And you write children's books. So why that genre? It started as an escape from the corporate work I was doing. I had a lot of things I wanted to see um, done differently, particularly because it's edutainment material. So it's educational and entertaining. And I see what's done with textbooks. I see what's done with storybooks. So I'm putting textbook type material into a storytelling format and playing with the design elements on the page. So for me, children's books has this freedom in creating. It's very conceptual. I like that. Each of my books look very different and I've art directed all very closely. Anybody who's worked with me knows I'm very specific about what I want to see. And um, it's for right now, I'm trying to build out a diverse portfolio so the books don't resemble each other, but they do have graphic design elements that you know is my work. Um, And I'm in experimental mode. So for children's books for me right now, I can be crafty and I can be creative differently than I can with the traditional uh, branding work and corporate work and teaching work I do. That makes sense. And you touched on the fact that, you know, as a child, you were always outdoor and, you know, that's Caribbean life for you, right? So how has that influenced the topics that you cover in your books and, and what are some of those topics? I um, My focus is on showcasing the Caribbean, um, building a love of ourselves. Um, so we have more to be proud of, right? So for being an outdoorsy person myself, and I'm inspired a lot by outdoors and not, well, both the, the plants as well as the animals outdoors, you know, imagining their rules. And if they have the same rules that apply to our, our social constructs, right? And that's how my characters start to develop. Um, so, so for me, a lot of my inspiration comes from outdoors. And I think we don't treat our environment very well, particularly in Trinidad. I mean, being less tourism focused, we have less emphasis on, you know, places of interest and that sort of thing. So I was seeing it being taken for granted. So I wanted to capture those stories in the books first off. Um, so environment is one of my big topics animals because I believe that's how you teach children empathy then I went into food origins because I think there's so much of our foods or even African foods or foods that are just all over the world that you know the end products you don't necessarily know where they come from um, or where they're grown so I want to tell those stories as well so food environment heritage and conservation is this most recent book the most magnificent which tells the stories of six monumental um, historic national trust protected buildings here but they're just kind of any background you may know some obscure facts so I'm telling more of what happened in them over the last hundred years and then culture culture and sports would be my next two areas I want to cover um, particularly culture next because I am a huge culture person I like a good party my mother's musical we're social um, and I just think Caribbean is fascinating. I mean, I try to picture where else I live in a room and it has to be somewhere that has a vibrant culture, you know. Yeah, our culture is so rich and um, dynamic. And sometimes when I speak to like my African-American friends, they feel like we have more of um, a sense of self and identity because of our culture. 
You mentioned that, you know, design, especially graphic design is part of your DNA. Um, so when you're thinking about your book, which comes first, the pictures or the words? I tend to see treatments of how I want to tell a story. I mean, stories obviously happening simultaneously. Now that I've put myself in the context of thinking of, of what I'm doing as, as writing stories, I realize that it's happening at the same time, but I definitely am a visual person. With The Most Magnificent and the book before, which was Alex the Awesome and the Crazy Quest of Golden Pod and Ready, Set, Hatch, I had specific um, imagery in mind and, and for particular reasons. So with the turtle story, I had this muted, darker color palette I wanted to use because it happens at night one and kids don't get to experience the nighttime part because it's past bedtime. And I just wanted to experiment with a little bit of a moodier color scheme and see if it would still feel Caribbean. Um, with the Alex story, which is a cocoa story, I really wanted to capture the lushness of the rainforest because we know the stories of the Willy Wonka type, which is the big vat of molten chocolate that made into a bar. But there's so much work that goes into developing a cocoa bean to produce that molten vat of chocolate that goes into the bar. So I really place the emphasis of the story on the rainforest. So the rich colors and the shapes and the swirliness of the rain, magical rainforest was what I imagined where the story started for me. And with the most magnificent, um, at the time when I started the book, the restoration projects were stalled. So there was a lot of speculation as to what was going on behind the hoarding, the galvanized that was blocking the, um, the work. Uh, so I thought, hey, what if we capture these buildings as painting? And that's why we went to a kind of watercolor, um, art, very arty style. I was like, if this is the last record of the books, let it be really pretty, um, accurate, of course, but I really wanted to capture something that felt more painting-like in style. Of your three books so far, which one would you say is your most beloved and why? I'd have to say my baby, the first one, because I was innocent and <laughs> created from a pure place. Um, I did every single part of it. I wrote the entire story. I drew all the illustrations. I, um, I did not think once about marketability. I just went out there and um, did crazy little things with repetition and, and, um, and, and would play and things that I just didn't think how anybody would judge me about it, which is something I'm more am conscious now that there's an expectation. I put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, do better than the last. When it's the first, <laughs> whatever you do is whatever you do, right? So that'll be always special to me. And you're self-published. Um, I know when we talked initially, you said you self-published all your books. So tell us about that process. Okay, so I chose to self-publish because as I said, you know, I didn't dream of being an, a writer or an author per se. So I really didn't know about the traditional publishing process. Like I didn't pursue that path of writing, writing queries, trying to find an agent uh, because I was so focused on the art. So I wasn't really trying to get my writing out. I was trying to get my art out uh, with some words. Right. And that that balance has shifted. But a lot of my experience, I feel sometimes I feel like I could be misleading to people my story because 
and make it sound like, you know, one person doing all these things. And I want people to know I have a publishing background. I have a design background. I do this for a living and I tell brand stories. So telling my stories and telling the brand of my, my storytelling is part of what I get paid to do. So I have an unfair advantage there. I, I worked in publishing. I know how to put together a book. I know what goes into not just the production side of it, but what happens to a book after, how distribution should work. I understood how to structure my pricing from retail to wholesale discount, setting up procedures that way. So I think I had a little bit of a, a head start in that regard. I still had to go around and beg people to take my book in the beginning. I mean, there are stores that are beautiful and treat your products really nice. There are stores that you really have to prove your worth to get into. There are stores you'll put your books in and they'll check it behind the eighth shelf below the tenth book and then say nobody's buying your book and you're like, nobody can find my book. So it it's been a learning process. It's not necessary how I will continue forever until I decide to take the leap into traditional if I find the right fit for me. Um but because my focus right now is my art and um, creating this brand, the storytelling, uh, I'd have to find a publisher that is interested in that. That's a right fit for that. You kind of hinted to this, but what would you say are some of the unexpected lessons you've learned along the way? Being a business person, <laughs> an entrepreneur, I mean, I kind of felt in the beginning, particularly because I, I first had these designs for a t-shirt line in mind. Um, I knew how to produce it. I purchased t-shirts. I designed it. I sent it to print. Great. Um, I did the book. And then I was like, oh, these things need to sell as well. Right? It's really like, I did my part. I just put it into the world. But then you realize, no, you know, okay, so we need to just figure out how do we sell these things, spread word of mouth, met people that way, market a great way for an independent, whether it's publishing, whether you're doing a t-shirt line, whatever. It's not just about what you're selling and who you sell to on a day. That's how I met a lot of these stores that carry my products. People shopping at markets, people who like artisan goods do artisan things. So they go to markets, right? So, I mean, you're really connected to community to be able to spread your, your brand. Um, so learning the distribution process, I think, is a huge part of it. Um, and how to manage inventory. And I want to have the book everywhere and I wanted to price my product to be competitive with foreign products, right? So that it's more accessible to everybody. But the thing is I'm producing at much higher cost. I can't do that. And if I don't make money to reinvest into the next book, then I won't be able to make another book. So those are realities I had to face. I had to adjust my goals um, for the right now to create a sustainable model. Um, so I, those, those are definitely key um, key things I learned over the last couple of years that I had to change my perspective. As a small business owner, sometimes we tend to want to do everything ourselves. How have your approach evolved from the first book to now? Yeah, that that's letting go is also hard, delegating, um, being uh, less of a control freak and, you know, less 
perfection. Perfection is the enemy of progress. So as I said, my first book, my baby, I did every single thing. My second book, I uh, worked with another writer. I worked with an illustrator, but I was very hands-on with that illustrator. My third book, I also brought on a researcher because I, the, I was able to do the research largely myself for the um, cocoa book. Um, visiting all the farmers, interviews, that type of thing. But when it came to the Magnificent Seven, there's significant uh, stuff we needed to get from the archives and vetted and, you know, where, where stories of ownership of the houses change over the years and what, what was accurate. I brought on a researcher for that. I had a co-writer who focused on one aspect of the story. I focused on the other. I had an illustrator. So I have learned to let go more than I did in, in from the first one, piece by piece. And even in launching the book, I brought on somebody to help me. And they helped with my book launch and my campaign launch, which was, she would tell you, huge for me to let go. Um, but I can definitely see how the brand and the books have benefited from more eyes on it and different perspectives and um, some things that Cindy would come up with for me to talk about, I would never have thought of. So a team is really where I want to be at. I just, you know, working myself towards being as flexible and, you know, how to afford it too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely key. So you touched on the different distribution channels. Um, and given that your books are geared towards, you know, kids, young people, what some of the things do you do to reach your community? So uh, COVID kind of put a halt on in-person. I mean, to be honest, I did try in the beginning to do Zoom readings and that kind of thing. I think it wasn't, it was just screen overload and very hard to connect. Um, so even the schools stopped inviting as much as they would in the beginning. But that said, once things open up now and this term, I am... Um, it inundated with requests to go into schools. I read it two so far. Um, I have, right up to the end of this term, I have schools pretty much two days a week. Um, and it's like the entire school. I'm terribly intimidated about it. Um, but I, yeah, I read in the schools, I read at camps. Um, I've also done workshops around the book content where I would teach a lot for a lot of schools they want help with essay writing or freeing up how to come up with ideas. So I do workshops around that and character development, story development, even just, just um, comic books or plotting out your story. Uh, I've done a lot, a lot of different angles at the literacy, uh, building the literacy rates. That's awesome. So what would you say from a literary success perspective what does that look like for you? For me, well, as at right now, I'm trying to build out a body of work that covers a, a broad spectrum of Caribbean topics. Uh, for right now, as I said, I'm animals and biodiversity and uh, environment, uh, food origin, conservation and heritage, music and sports. Uh, so for me, I'm working towards having that first um, set of work and each one very, di very different from the other in look and feel. I'm, exper I'm in experimenting mode 
And then I start to build out more into that series. Um, I want my writing to, it has to go into moving form. It has to go into animation. It has to become more of our real, our own voices stories on screen. So, so for me, uh, from, from a literary perspective, I just believe stories are stories. Um, whether, whether the medium, the medium, whether it's a book or whether it's, um, on TV or whether it's in a game, even that to me, that doesn't matter. Just telling well-told stories, well-developed stories. That for me is a success. When you think about your reader, tell our audience what age group you write for and what do you want to give them when they open one of your books? So I write for the under 10 market. The books that I have right now, one is three to five, which is the turtles, the cocoa is six to nine, and the most magnificent is six and up. Um, I've kind of left it open-ended because it just, the, the topic doesn't really exist in books um, for kids right now. So even big kids, adults, have been, have been giving me good um, feedback that they learned stuff because it's not very accessible. Um, I just want to spark a sense of curiosity. I want people, I want kids to ask questions about the things around them. I want more Trinidadians to, to, to explore the country that, you know, they, I find in my family, I mean, I speak only from personal experience, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for a lot more because everybody I speak to says the same thing. We grew up in little bubbles, wherever your bubble is in Trinidad. And when people come to visit, you may do a couple of the touristy things. Um, I make it my point for weekends to explore somewhere new in my own country. And there's so much to appreciate. And every country I go to, I treat it like that. Even with my friends, who is my friends from Barbados, I've taken my Bajan friends to do things that they wouldn't necessarily do because we live here and we're accustomed that we're the playground for tourists. But we can appreciate our own playground. Right. So I just want to encourage that sense of curiosity. That's great. So my last question for you is to complete a sentence. I feel unstoppable when? I feel unstoppable when I am creating. <laughs> I feel unstoppable when I'm creating simple, well-produced, obvious but clever work that's great so Joanne thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and to just um, pull us into all of the wonderful things that you do in terms of the designing and the writing and the illustration it was such a pleasure having you thank you for having me it was lovely chatting with you and I, I love what you're doing keep it up Thank you. And where can our guests connect with you and, and find your books online? So the kids brand is called Bright Eyed. The, everywhere on social media, we are at We Are Bright Eyed. And um, I am, I, my personal profile is open and it's um, Janan, which is J-E-U-N-A-N-N-E. With a name like mine, you just type it in anywhere, you'll find me. Um, so those are two key spaces. You can find everything. 
Great. To our unstoppable Yes You Tribe, thank you for your continued support. And don't forget to check out more stories about Caribbean impact makers, rising stars, and trailblazers at unstoppableyesyou.com. <laughs>